Good morning, New Hope. Well, Austin Peterson is one of my son Josh's besties. And uh, the Peterson family, we love them. They're part of our New Hope family. But I love this story when Austin was just four years old. He came to his mom and he said, Mom, I want God's phone number. I really need to get in touch with him. Well, Mom did a great job. And Christy said, Austin, that's great. God doesn't have a phone number, but he loves, uh, he's always there for us, and we can always talk with him. And well, Austin wasn't satisfied with that answer, but he went away, came back for dinner. Uh, The family had some company over, and he, at four years old, just volunteered, Mom, can I pray for dinner? Well, what parent doesn't want their kid to pray for dinner? Sure. Austin didn't give the perfunctory rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. Right, that deep theological prayer. No, he, um, he uh, was inspired by the deep theological lyrics of Adam Levine. Uh, Adam Levine of Maroon 5, uh, one of the judges on The Voice. And so Austin broke into his prayer. Why don't you answer me? Your silence is slowly killing me. Well, mom was pretty embarrassed, right? I mean, company's there, right? And a couple days later, it, it hit her how funny that was and what a beautiful prayer that, that really was. It's a, it's a very psalm-like prayer to cry out to God, God, why don't you answer me? Where are you? Hello, hello up there, right? I think often we've prayed those kind of prayers. Where are you, God? Uh, Your silence is slowly killing me. Maybe we've prayed those words. I don't know. But as we continue the series on pause, we look to find ways to pause and to find more of God. How are we doing? How are you doing as we ramp up in this busy Christmas season? Anybody need a little pause? Well, today we're talking about the gift of pause through prayer. At the beginning of the series, Pastor Bill used the verse, Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. Such a monumental uh, construct to live life by. I love the translation I heard a couple years ago, not be still, but cease striving and know that I am God. Cease striving, stop trying to do it on your own. Know that I'm the God of the universe. I've got this. Look to me. Pause. Look to me. The irony here is that when we cease striving, we can begin to receive the gift of ceaseless prayer, ongoing connection with God. Look at all these references just in the New Testament, just a few here of ceaseless prayer. The Apostle Paul and praying for all the believers, right? He says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. He says, we have not stopped praying for you. Colossians 4.2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. He goes on. He goes on to the next slide. (laughs) Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. They all join together constantly in prayer. God is my witness how I constantly remember you. We constantly pray for you. An invitation to ceaseless prayer. Let's cease 
striving and seek to live in that reality, which is this connection with God. Here's the big idea today. When we pause for prayer, it realigns our thinking. It reveals God's activity. And what's the third? Oh, yeah, it restores God's life in and through us. Follow along as I read our passage today from Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And so church, first of all, when we pause for prayer, it realigns our thinking. You don't have to be a rock and scientist to look around and to see there is so much anxiety around us today. There's so much isolation and, and a desperation for, for true love, for true community. This Earlier this spring, I heard a study. It was fascinating. Older women in Japan were committing crimes just so they could go to prison and experience community. That shows a desperation, a desperation for community. But we can have that. We can look to God. We can go to his word, and it can realign our thinking. Paul says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And when he's talking about the inner being or the the inner man, it's talking about the mind that, uh, that re- where the, our personality resides. It's, it's talking about our inner being, our soul, which is the resting place for God and his spirit. And we all have the spirit of God within us if we call in the name of Jesus, if we ask him to, to save us, if he is Lord and Savior of our life, okay? But what Paul is saying here is, no, yes, we have him when we accept Jesus, but we can be strengthened and built up with the Spirit of God. That's why he continues to pray. Dr. James Stewart, a remarkable Scottish preacher and scholar, talked about prayer keeping us in touch with God, who at every instant is present with us. Doesn't that sound good? That's what prayer does. It keeps us in touch with this constant presence of God Almighty. And in his book, A Man in Christ, he talked about this new orientation, this new focused direction that we have when we are in Christ. And we are looking to Jesus, okay? That's our orientation. Hebrews 12, 2 says, uh, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. When we're in Christ, we're to look to Jesus. And that means three things. We're not looking inwards, but we're looking outward. Not trusting in ourselves, but relying on the entire steadfast faithfulness love of God. We're not looking down, but we're looking upwards. We don't look to, to sin's shame 
Okay, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We look upward to the beauty and the purity of Christ. And when we look to Jesus, we thirdly, we don't look backwards, we look forward. Forgetting what is behind, I strain forward to receive the gift which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. When we look inwards, when we look downwards, when we look back, it's exhausting because we're trying to control what we can't control. I love the movie Miracle. It's about the the story of the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team that won gold. Um, I actually met Herb Brooks once. He came to one of our, our inner city hockey practice and he told my head coach, I like what you're doing here. Kind of cool when an Olympic gold hockey coach tells you that. But Herb Brooks is played by Kurt Russell in this movie. He's beside himself with worry because it doesn't look like the Russians are going to come to Lake Placid because of all the international turmoil between the Soviets and the U.S. And he's just beside himself. And his wife Maggie says, Herb, don't do this to yourself. There's things you can control and things you can't. Sounds like pretty godly biblical advice to me, right? That's the way God wants us to run. But when we worry, when we're anxious, when we're doubting, we're trying to control things that are out of our control. And God says, be still. Pause. Know that I'm God. I've got this, okay? So when we pause for prayer, it realigns our thinking. But secondly, when we pause for prayer, it reveals God's activity. Prayer opens our eyes up. Paul in, in Ephesians 1 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order to know the hope to which he has called. And that's all I'm going to say about this point, too, because I got a couple of friends that are my poster children for prayer that are going to come up and they'll just tell you about God's activity through prayer, okay? So just rest on that one. When we pause for prayer, it realigns our thinking. It reveals God's activity around us. And thirdly, it restores God's life in us. John 10 is best known for this wonderful promise that Jesus has come to give us life, more abundant life. But it's in the context of this relationship that he has with us. He says, my sheep hear my voice. And so God wants us to be in this ceaseless communication, in this relationship where we're praying to him, and he gives his life to us. Ephesians 3.19 is the last verse of the section we read today. It's one of my favorite verses. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. It's not only one of my favorite verses, it was the great missionary to China Hudson Taylor, it was his favorite verse. Because this verse changed his life. For 15 years as a missionary, he, he strove to do the work of a missionary, and he was exhausted when he finally came into the, the experience of, of the phrase he would call the exchanged life. And it all happened from one sentence from a fellow missionary that he wrote to him. And at the end of his letter, 
he was referencing this verse, Ephesians 3.19, and he said to Hudson, may he lead us into the realization of his unfathomable fullness. And, and Taylor would write of that September 4th, 1869, sitting in the mission station and reading this letter, he said, as I read, I saw it all. I looked to Jesus, and when I saw, oh, how the joy flowed. When my agony of soul was at its height, a sentence in a letter from dear McCarthy was used to remove the scales from my eyes, and the Spirit of God revealed the truth of our oneness with Jesus as I had never known it before. McCarthy had been much exercised by the same sense of failure, but saw the light before I did, wrote, but how to get faith strengthened, not by striving after faith, but by resting on the faithful one. The exchanged life, our worry, our angst, our sin for the grace of Jesus. When we see striving, trying to do it on our own, we can receive that grace. We can receive the life of Christ. The exchanged life is what we long for here at New Hope. The vision is to see Isani County filled with the presence of Jesus. Well, how does Isani County be filled with the presence of Jesus? If we believers get filled with the measure of the fullness of God, the exchanged life. Isn't that what the story of Christmas is all about? Jesus comes to earth to give us this great exchange. Or in the words of John Stott, the great substitution. He says in his book, The Cross of Christ, the essence of sin is we human beings substituting ourselves for God, while the essence of salvation is God substituting himself for us. We put ourselves where only God deserves to be in charge of our lives. While God puts himself where we deserve to be, that is being punished on a cross. That's the gospel, the great substitution. We can look at our sin, and then we look at his grace. Wait a second, that should be me on that cross. It's like the great hymn writer Charles Wesley wrote, amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? What a substitution. What good news. That's why we have these invites, church, to invite people to the gospel story, the Christmas story, that people would bring their sin their shame, their pride, their striving, and they would receive a pause through prayer. They would receive the love of God. But we don't have to wait till Christmas. We can practice prayer this week and get filled up. Here's just a couple ideas. I encourage you, I exhort you to just pick one of these things to say today, this week, this is how I want to pause through prayer. First of all, journal. Just write down your prayer to God. Write down what God's doing. If he's done something, I was counseling someone who was really struggling with anxiety, and we prayed, and the peace of God came in, 
And they took steps forward in that peace. And I said, write that down so you can go back to that the next time Satan lies to you and say, no, Satan, this is what God did for me. Uh, Set an alarm to pause for prayer. This is a great thing to do during your week. Just set an alarm for three times a day and just stop and just pause and say, God, thank you that you're God and I'm not. Thank you for all your grace and love for me. Just simple prayer. Just pause throughout the day. Pause for prayer. Practice immediate prayer. You don't, if you ever have people say, would you pray for me? Yeah, I'll pray for you, brother. And then you forget to pray. Well, just pray right there. Just a simple prayer. God bless them. God be with them. God, I thank you for them. Practice immediate prayer. And then uh, a church is supposed to be a house of prayer. Let's make our homes a house of prayer. Simple prayers. Uh, I love the phrase, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. And this came in a context to just pray with your wife. You don't have to have all the right words. Just stop and pray. It can be a 30-second prayer. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. Just pause, 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 and pray. God hears our prayers. Well, church, when we pause for prayer, we realign our thinking. God reveals his activity, and it restores his life in and through us. Now, I have um, two of my friends. I'm calling them my poster children for prayer. Would you please welcome up Jerry and Derek? And so, uh, as I was preparing for this message um, on prayer, I, I think Jesus just put these two on my mind because as I look back this fall, God broke through in an amazing way for both of you in the same week at different situations. Um, and it was actually an invitation uh, this summer, uh, late, late summer, to our Heart of Reconciliation retreat, which brought healing prayer to many people. Um, Jerry, you were only able to come for an hour, so we had to do a follow-up. And Derek, you reached out to me and said, man, that convicted me when you invited me to that because you weren't in a place um, to be right with God, to even receive that. So, Derek, what, what happened that day that you reached out? To, to give a little background, I had uh, been at a point where I had been giving up my sobriety. I was sober for nine years, and I had went back to uh, drinking and this caused a lot of pain and struggle and, and trouble in my life, and I felt very guilty about the fact that I had done that, and, and it caused a lot of trouble with my marriage and my relationship with my children and with my family. And so uh, it was a, a Tuesday morning that I had finally just completely given up. I didn't really even want to live anymore, and, and uh, there was just a moment where it was like, enough is enough. And so I, I actually reached out to, to Pastor John and invite him to my home. And, and I confessed my sin. I confessed everything to him. And he prayed with my wife and I. And uh, it was literally immediately when we prayed, there was just something I felt with inside of me that, that broke. And I felt free of that pain, free of that guilt, free of that shame. And God like basically flipped on the light switch. Mm. 
and Pastor John connected me with some folks from Hope for Life, and uh, it's just been a tremendous thing that's occurred since then. Amen. Jerry, you came for a little bit to that retreat and uh, needed follow-up prayer, and you just said you were in a home for a couple months where there was just a real presence of evil, and that you felt that kind of around you, kind of hanging on with you, and so you invited Marilee Blum and myself to pray with you. What happened that day? Well, I, my hand was paralyzed. I couldn't move my fingers or lift my arm or anything. I walked with a cane because I've got a pinched nerve in the back, and I had to ride in a wheelchair. You laid your hands on me, and Mary Lee did, and the two of you prayed for me. I could feel the Holy Spirit shoving the evil spirit out of my stomach. It was like a black cloud, a black mist, and it was pushing it right out of me. And I, I felt so good, so clean, so wonderful, reborn. You know, uh, what did I say to you? I, <laughs> I, you know, I was watching as I was praying, and I was seeing physical change. Yeah. Your countenance changed. And so what did I tell you? Look in the mirror. You told Mary Lee and I to both go out and look in the mirror. I, I lightened up. I was free. I, f- I felt reborn. I felt euthanized. It was That's unreal. Awesome. How has God continued to reveal himself to show you, to draw you closer to him since that time? I pray constantly, morning, noon, and night. But anyway, I've been more active in the church. I've been in Bible study. I'm in a lot of prayer groups. I go to uh, uh, the Thursday night recovery program, and I go to Tuesday to the mentor program where we do Project 52. Spiritual friendship. Yep. Yep. And it's been, I'm not sick now, so I can get involved. I can be, you know, Satan's gone. <laughs> Amen. Does God continue to... Derek, how about for you? How has God continued to reveal himself, to bless you since that time of breakthrough? Yeah, since that day, uh, it was a couple weeks later that I... Uh, I could, you know, my job, I could tell that things weren't going very well. And so I had reached out to Pastor John and asked him to to pray for me. I figured since it worked before, I might as well try it again, right? And so uh, he prayed, and and two weeks later, I got fired from my job. So, (laughs) which in, in, it was a, it was an amazing thing that occurred as a result of that. Uh, that was a Monday, and Pastor John invited me to come to Prayer Force, which was the next, the following day on Tuesday at, at 6.30 a.m. here at the Cambridge campus, and to, he said, let me come and, or come and we'll pray for you. And so I came, and, and as we were praying, uh, God inserted the name of what would be my future employer into one of the men that was there at Prayer Force. And so this gentleman connected me, gave me the phone number of the owner of the company, and a few days later, I called that owner, and, uh, and now I currently report directly to the president of that company, who happens to be a man of God, and he prays for us all the time.
Well, here you go, my poster children for prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you and praise you. You came to earth. The angel said, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And God, I just thank you down. I just thank you that you're uh, large and in charge. And you look down to us. And I just thank you how you've rescued Jerry. I just thank you how you've rescued Derek. God, we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. We just say, keep blessing, God. Keep healing. Keep, keep changing the countenance, Lord. That, that when they're walking down the street, people would say, what are you on? What is making you so happy? What is, what, what, joy is just flowing out of you. So, God, we just thank you for who you are. God, we just pray your pause. We just pray your peace over each one here. That they would reach out to you. They would cry out to you and you would hear them. And you would touch them. You would bless them. You would change the situations. Lord, help us reach out to you and find you more and more. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.